1: Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays wherever you may be across this great country or around this great land. Guess what, kids? It's time to get rich. I've got 14 winners for you. Also going to talk about the disaster that is Justin Fields uh, and the Bears. Monday Night Football on ABC and why I think it is A huge potential lawsuit. Uh, Dress code uh, Fetterman out there uh, making a mockery of the entire Senate as he is the least able senator to do his job on election, maybe in the modern history uh, of the United States, meaning the last 30, 40 years. Uh, And I'm arguing that the third Republican debate should be down on the border in Texas where Bill Malugin of Fox News is doing a fabulous job of covering uh, everything there and what a disaster it is. But we begin with winners for all of you. So, so far, we're winning at a 55% rate through three weeks. Uh, we are 23-19 and 19, uh, on the season so far in college football. Little bit below 500 so far in the NFL, but that season just started. Uh, went six and four last weekend. Uh, so here are my picks. I got 14 winners for you. Rutgers, and these are the numbers that were up on Tuesday morning when all these picks went up. So if the numbers have moved, I'm reading directly off my picks. You can go read these yourself at Outkick. Rutgers up uh, plus 24 at Michigan. Michigan hasn't been that good this year. They're three and0, yes, but they haven't been that impressive. They've had the issue with Harbaugh not being there. Uh, Rutgers, big Greg Schiano guy, as all of you know, nobody loves Greg Schiano more than me. I think Greg Schiano is the greatest coach that has ever existed in the history of mankind. and Rutgers is the greatest program in the history of mankind. I'm on Rutgers plus 24. Uh, Michigan hasn't really blown anybody out. This is a big number for a 3-0 Rutgers team. I am hopping on the Greg Sciano Express because I'm a monster fan. Florida State, a lot of top 25 games this weekend. I'm gambling on every single one of you, uh, every single one of them. Before the season started, I said Georgia was going to be the one seed. I said the two seed was going to be Florida State. Three was going to be Michigan. Four was going to be... Uh, USC. That was my predicted college football playoff. I said Florida State would win the ACC and they would go on the road and they would win at Clemson. I know the Seminoles were not very good on the road down the stretch against Boston College, but I think they beat Clemson outright cover the two and a half point spread. I have got the Seminoles on the road with the W. Uh, Auburn at Texas A&M. I'm on the over 52-and-a-half in this one. This is a gamble based on coaching. Hugh Freeze and also Bobby Petrino. Uh, Texas A&M not been that good defensively. They have scored points. Uh, Auburn has at times scored. At other times, they have not. I think both teams will score in this one, the overs to play. Here is a blood bank guarantee for you. Kentucky at Vanderbilt. The over 49 and a half, this is going to hit with ease. Kentucky will score 35. Vanderbilt will score at least 25. What's that add up to? 60. Uh, That is well over the 49 and a half number. I went ahead and just added up to 60 easily. I think this will be something like 35 to 24. Would it surprise me if we ended up Thirty, uh forty two to uh to twenty-eight, something in that neighborhood. Going to be a lot of points scored. Kentucky and Vanderbilt soars over. Colorado Oregon, I'm going the over 70. Look, I liked what Dion said about the injury to Travis Sanders yesterday. A lot of props to Dion for how he spoke out on that issue. I think this is where Colorado runs into a vastly superior team. I think Oregon is gonna win comfortably but I think this is a track meet. I'm nervous about the 21, 21 and a half. Uh, That number, I could see Colorado backdooring it. I could see uh, Oregon calling off the dogs here a little bit. I like the over 70. Uh, UCLA, Utah under 52 and a half. This is a Kyle Whittingham bet that Utah at home can take the air out of this game that they are going to drag you down into the mud that Utah is going to dictate pace. I think the under is the play. Uh, Ole Miss at Bama. Ole Miss, good rush defensive line so far. They've got 10 sacks on the season. Alabama can't block. I think that Ole Miss has a real chance to go into Brian Denny Stadium and win this game. Jimbo Fisher, Steve Sarkeesian, both former offensive coordinators of Nick Saban who have found a way to win against him. Remember, Nick Saban never lost to any of his assistant coaches forever. I love Ole Miss plus the seven here. I think they have a real chance to go into Bryant-Denny Stadium and win. Uh, Ole Miss has been competitive. They were competitive last year. They could have won. I think Alabama has major issues on the offensive line. I don't think they're suddenly going to get better uh, in this game. I think that Ole Miss covers the seven. And has a chance to win. Maryland minus six and a half at Michigan State. Michigan State's basically thrown their football program to the Wolves because they made the decision to embrace these false allegations of impropriety made against Mel Tucker. I don't think Mel Tucker should get fired. I think he should be able to maintain his job. But I think, unfortunately, what is happening here is Michigan State's football team has quit. They like Mel Tucker. Uh, they got whipped last week by Washington. I think they will get beat, Sally, again. Uh, Maryland is undefeated. Tagovailoa, Talia Tagovailoa, Tua's brother. Uh, they have a good offensive system in place. Um, they're going to score 40. And I think they're going to beat Michigan State comfortably. Uh, I like uh, Maryland. Tennessee. I just I can't bet on Tennessee as a 20-point favorite right now based on what I saw in that performance in Gainesville. It was awful. UTSA is not good. I know they got quarterback issues. Uh, but Tennessee wasn't very good. Tennessee didn't cover 20 against uh, Austin P. And I think they've put a lot of tape out there right now. I don't think the defense is playing very well. I think UTSA will cover the 20, 20 and a half. Uh, Georgia Attack at Wake Forest. Wake Forest fortunate to come back, get the win over Old Dominion last weekend. They were down 17. They came storming back, I think, to win 24-21. Georgia Tech, not very good. I like Wake Forest to win, get the cover, minus 3.5 to stay undefeated. Arkansas at LSU. The Razorbacks, plus 17.5, way too big of a number. Uh, The over should hit as well at 55.5. This is too big of a number. Uh, A couple of stats for you. Uh, The, uh, Last three games of the series decided by three or less. Four of the last five decided by a touchdown or less. This has been a relatively even battle between Arkansas and LSU in what is a rivalry game. Feels like a huge number, uh, especially given that Arkansas has an accomplished quarterback. They're not afraid of LSU. Uh, We've seen LSU play poorly against Florida State. They're playing better right now, Uh, but... I like Arkansas plus the points. Woo pig suey and the over in this one. Ohio State at Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame plus three and a half. I think Notre Dame is going to win this game outright. Uh, We got issues at quarterback. I know they've gotten a little bit better, but the offense for Ohio State has not been very smooth. Uh, I think that Notre Dame uh, is ready. I think that Notre Dame is ready with Marcus Freeman to finally win. I know Notre Dame always loses the big game. Trust me. This is well known. I think they're ready to win this one. I think they get it done. I like Notre Dame plus three and a half just to be safe, but I think they win this one outright. Iowa plus 14 and a half at Penn State. It's going to be ugly. Uh, Penn State has scored 30 or more in 10 straight weeks. I think that streak ends. This one feels like Penn State 27, Iowa 17. That will give us the cover. I've got Iowa plus 14 and a half. There you have it, boys and girls. 14 winners for college football. I saw this headline, and I couldn't believe that it was true. The Bears have lost 12 straight NFL games, including starting 0-2 this year. To put that in context, the Chicago Bears have not won an NFL game since Elon Musk bought Twitter. I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that was true. Nearly a year. That the Chicago Bears have gone without winning a football game, and now they're going on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. I will give you my outkick six-pack tomorrow, as I do every single Thursday all year long. But Justin Fields just had a press conference where basically he blamed coaching for his poor performance and for his regression as a quarterback. It feels like everybody's going to get a clean house uh, in Chicago. And that that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Justin Fields has not advanced. He has regressed as a quarterback. You could partly put that on coaching. But I feel like we're going to move to a new era in Chicago at some point in time. Certainly by the end of this year. Uh, I think Justin Fields' tenure as a starter with the Bears is over. It feels like he would like to go somewhere new. It feels like the Bears recognize they need to go somewhere new. And if I'm Chicago at this point, do I just look around and say, I know it's hard to tank in the NFL because it's hard to intentionally lose a football game. It's not like uh, what you can do uh, in the NBA, for instance, which is why they have the NBA lottery in place. But I feel like Caleb Williams and Drake May are both likely to be very successful quarterbacks. If I'm the Chicago Bears, does a part of me sit around and say, I would love to tank for Caleb Williams? I would if I were a Bears fan. At this point, you've already lost 12 games in a row, and you already made the decision not to draft a quarterback last year when there were a lot of high-level quarterback draft uh, picks. I would go ahead and tank if I could and try to get Caleb Williams because I think he's the closest thing to a sure thing that is out there right now. That's the choice that I would make. Uh, if I were a Bears fan, but things are not going well uh, in Chicago right now. Actually, things aren't going very well for all Chicago area sports teams, but in particular for the Bears to lose 12 games in a row is tough. And I say that as a Titans fan, where we just lost eight games in a row. It's hard to lose that many games in a row in the NFL because the teams are relatively even, but it feels like the Justin Fields era is basically coming to a close. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm Clay Travis and I'll kick the show is gonna keep right on rolling.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: I saw this story and I, I, I'm surprised that more people aren't writing about it. I'm reading from the AP. Uh, ABC is going to air an additional 10 Monday Night Football games because of the writer strike. Uh, An additional 10 games originally set to appear only on ESPN will be simulcast on ABC. I don't know how this is legally possible. Um, If I were out there and I had a cable and satellite company or I had a cable and satellite subscription, I would sue. I would sue and say this is unacceptable. The reason why ESPN costs so much is because... They say that the only place you can go to get Monday Night Football is by having ESPN. If they're simulcasting Monday Night Football on ABC, that's even less reason for you to sign up for a cable and satellite subscription. I think this is a big story. I don't blame ESPN, Disney, for deciding to do this. I can't believe they're going to be permitted to do this. We just had a massive, massive battle between Charter and ESPN slash Disney, and now as soon as they get that resolved and they're saying, oh, you've got to have ESPN to be able to watch Monday Night Football, now they put 10 more games on ABC? I would sue. If I were a cable or satellite subscriber, I would say, no, we want a refund because the reason we're paying you, ESPN, so much money is because you are telling us that exclusive uh, offerings like Monday Night Football are only available on ESPN. Well, as soon as you're putting it on ABC, it's not exclusive anymore. So what am I paying you so much money for? You're taking all my carriage fees and distributing the content that I'm paying for, the money that I gave you to be able to pay for Monday Night Football to be able to distribute this elsewhere. I wouldn't stand for it. I wouldn't accept it. I think there's a major class action lawsuit to be filed over this. Uh, A couple of other stories. The border, and I give credit to Bill Malugin for what an incredible job he has done covering all of this. The border is an unmitigated disaster right now. We have more people coming across our southern border right now than almost has ever happened in the modern history of America. It is effectively wide open. There are at least 6 million illegals that have entered the country since Joe Biden became the president of the United States. Biden will barely pay attention to our southern border. He cares far more about the sanctity of the Ukraine border than he does our actual southern border in the United States. And so, my question for all of you, for everybody out there is, and tell me if this is a crazy idea. Why wouldn't the Republican Party say we are going to host our third presidential debate on the southern border and force all of the media that arrives to cover the uh, primary debates to come to the southern border? and actually be forced to report on the chaos there. If I were a Republican presidential contender right now, I would travel to the border and draw attention to everything that's going on right there. Biden won't go. Kamala Harris won't go. Why not force the narrative to be on our wide-open southern border and the fact that Joe Biden cares far more about Ukraine's border protection than he does the United States border protection. To me, this is an easy decision to make. Travel there, force all the media to cover it, make it a very profound and important statement about the failures of the Biden administration. It's almost impossible to point to anything that is more substantial than the failure there. Look, Biden's bad on crime. Biden's bad on... Uh, allowing war to happen in in Europe. Uh, Biden is bad on the economy, but Biden probably is worst of all on the border. And if I were running the Republican debates, I would say we're going to have the debate at the southern border, may even do it outdoors depending on what the weather is like, do it legitimately right on the southern border and make the focal point of the discussion the failure of the Biden administration to secure our southern border while they're willing to spend hundreds of billions of dollars to try to secure Ukraine's border. That is, to me, a very, very fertile uh, argument to be able to attack. All right. This John Fetterman story, you guys know, look, I do my show, I'm holding it up right now, I do my show pretty much every day in a T-shirt. If you see me out and about I'm going to go pick up my kids from school soon. If you see me walking around, there is a very good chance that you'll see me in a t-shirt and shorts. Okay? I am not a dress-up guy. I don't like to wear ties. You see me on Fox News, I'll put a jacket and a button-down shirt on, but I almost never have a tie on. Right? I just i am not a fan of dressing up, as many of you can have seen over the years. But I think this is indefensible. For the Senate to change their dress code to allow John Fetterman to be on the Senate floor in shorts and basically a t-shirt or a hoodie, whatever he wants to wear, this is crazy. Now, remember, every Senate staffer still has a dress code, so they don't get to walk around wearing whatever they want. I think this is uh, cosplay. I think John Fetterman is dressing up like he's some blue-collar guy when the reality is he never had a job, he's got rich parents, they paid for him, they bought his home, he's never actually had to make a living until now taxpayers are funding this living for him. And I had two grandfathers who worked their entire lives in factories. Both of them, when they went to church, would wear a jacket and they would dress up. When they went to funerals, they would dress up. If they were going to be able to walk on the Senate floor, they would dress up. This, to be fair, I think, is cosplay. This is an insult. This is an insult to everybody out there who actually is blue-collar because John Fetterman isn't like them at all. And this is not some normal outfit that people wear in cold-weather environments. People aren't walking around in shorts all year round when it's brutally cold in Pennsylvania. This is a guy who is pretending to be something that he is not. And that doesn't even consider the fact that Fetterman can barely talk. He can't even do the job of being a United States senator, as we have talked about for some time. Now, look, I hope he gets well. But the fact that his family allowed him to nearly die while campaigning for the U.S. Senate, the fact that Democrats covered for him And claim that he was going to be able to do this job. When everybody out there who has watched him try to do anything. The guy still can't talk. You may not like Dr. Oz. But he's smart. Sharp. Sophisticated. He could have easily done this job. Far, far better than John Fetterman is doing now. And frankly, I just think it's a disgrace. That this has been allowed to occur. We said anybody with a functional brain out there, John Fetterman is it is it physically able to do this job? And then what happens? He checks himself into the hospital almost as soon as he gets to uh, as soon as he gets to Washington DC. and I'm sure you saw the clip of him trying to talk about the United Auto Workers, but I just think this is wrong. I don't think it's asking a lot to say, hey, wear a jacket. wear pants. They wear pants on the Senate floor. I used to give tours of Capitol Hill when I was in college. And back in the day, they used to let us take people onto the Senate floor and onto the House floor. That was a part of what they would allow uh, kids. I was a uh, uh, the intern. They would allow us to give tours to constituents. And I think they've restricted that post 9-11. This was pre-9-11 but they would let me take people onto the Senate floor. I was dressed up every time. Even as an intern, I was wearing uh, a decent clothes, right? was never in shorts. I wouldn't have even dreamed of going in shorts to Capitol Hill. This is just ridiculous. And it's just further example of dumbing down stupidly uh, the overall standards in favor of a guy who's not even able to do the job. All right. I love all of you. Hope you get rich. College football gambling picks are up on OutKick, 14 of them. Uh, Tomorrow, I'll have the OutKick six-pack. I've got like 10 different interviews that I'm doing today, so I'm going to jump away for now. I'll be back tomorrow with the gambling picks, the OutKick six-pack, DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. And for those of you out there who are like, hey, what does DBAP unless you need to SBAP mean? Don't be a pussy, right? Good life motto. But sometimes be a pussy, SBAP. Somebody says, hey, I dare you to swim across that crocodile-infested river. You could say, no, SBAP. DBAP general rule. Sometimes, though, you need to be a pussy. Make smart decisions. Analyze risk intelligently. This has been Outkick, the show.